0: I guess the intro might just be a thing of the past. There it is. It is. I'm
1: about to grab the guitar and play. It.
0: Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily,
1: and my name is Andrew.
0: And did you notice the intro didn't repeat that time, but it also didn't start like it was supposed to?
1: I did. I think we call that a three steps forward, two steps back.
0: Yeah. Okay, sure. That's whatever. (laughs) Like I try, okay? Can we at least can we at least acknowledge that I try?
1: You do try and you are not a try hard, because there's a difference. (laughs) So I grant you that. I I
0: try, but not not hard. I try hard. (laughs) Andrew's fiddling with his French press. He said he would explain it on the show.
1: So I'm explaining what I'm doing. So a couple of things. I got my French press here. It's ready to press. Uh, You'll notice that there's not all like the the crema on top or all the oils and foam and stuff. I had a friend recommend a new method and uh, it involves – Is
0: that friend Brett from Everyday Guitarist? It
1: is. Yeah.
0: All right. We should shout out Brett from Everyday Guitarist. Thanks, Brett. It seems like the polite thing to do.
1: You've, you changed my life with your French press method that you shared. Um, scraping all of that off. So you like, you pour it, you let it sit for five minutes, give it a quick stir on top and then scrape off all the extra grounds um, and, uh, the oils and crap and then let it settle. You just gotta let it settle everything to the bottom. In the video that you shared with me, I like had a time lapse like everything actually settling is really cool. Um, and then you put it on to press. Let's just seat that right there. Now, this is where it gets weird, as if it wasn't weird before. You go to press, and then we're done pressing. You, you don't want to disturb everything at the bottom. You just uh, pour really gently from there. And supposedly, that's how you get a silt-free cup of French press. I don't know okay.
0: if...
1: Anyways. Do you always
0: drink your hot coffee out of glass whiskey glasses?
1: Oh, this is no whiskey glass. This is a not neutral cappuccino glass. Okay. Let me let me scoot that back so everyone can see it. There we go.
0: So everyone listening can see it. Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm drinking my um, percolator coffee out of my Caroline Corporation mug. Tomorrow's great ideas today.
1: It's exactly. pretty excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. This it came is... with
0: my somersault when I bought that. Mm. Welcome to Get Offset. We are a coffee podcast.
1: And yes, now. I did just slurp it to just really coat my entire tongue.
0: Andrew's really slurping his coffee today.
1: I am. Yep. It's, it's yeah. a thing. And
0: a little far from the mic. I'm
1: just going to turn this thing up.
0: He said, I'm gonna turn this thing up. I'm
1: gonna turn this thing up. How do I turn this thing on? There we go. Yeah.
0: yeah. Someone commented on one of my demos the other day that I didn't have the skills required to use or demo a tremolo bar, a vibrato bar on a guitar. Yeah, that was one of the dumber comments I've ever got, I've gotten over the weekend. There were worse ones. <laughs>
1: you know, what I say to YouTube comments is um, I don't care. They mean nothing.
0: Well, that's why I always just reply. Thanks for, thanks for watching because like, I think one of my favorite jokes from the series finale of 30 rock was something like um, "To everyone who didn't watch us. There were a lot of you jokes on you because we got paid anyway. But yep. in this case, thanks for watching. I don't care if you liked it or not. Cause I got paid anyway.
1: I mean, that's not to say that we don't care about a lot of our viewers, but we care about our viewers that actually care.
0: I, I you know, yeah, I care about people who aren't like dicks.
1: Speaking of which, <laughs> there's a the dicks opening thing. up on the east side of Seattle.
0: I thought it was just going to be a food truck.
1: Nope. They announced uh, a restaurant opening mm. over at Crossroads Mall, which is actually not too far off from my work.
0: Yeah, I can walk to my nor- my nearest dicks. Oh, you and can. Do. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm jealous.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, you should have been especially jealous, um, like in 2019 or t- early, early 2020 when they had like the, the day where they were doing like quarter, like everything was like a quarter.
1: hmm Yeah. yeah we it's like what the prices were in like 1960 or something
0: when they opened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was good. The line goes it's around good. the block until they sell out.
0: Oh, you're eating shit that I'm allergic to. Yeah.
1: Do you have a problem Ew. with that? No. It's it's good. It's tasty. It's good for you.
0: I did it. Yeah. No, it's not they're, good for lightly salted. It's not, it's not good for me.
1: They're testicle-shaped. I mean, what could go wrong?
0: That's one way to describe And ed- 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 How do you say that? Edamame. Edamame. Yeah. It is. Um, (laughs) What's new with you, dude, other than your testicle-shaped soybeans?
1: He leans up camera.
0: Oh, it's the lamp from last week's episode.
1: It's the lamp. Are they
0: all the same panel?
1: They're all the same panel.
0: Oh, it's just like the poster from episode one? Yep. Star Wars episode one?
1: That is exactly what it is. Just little glass panels with the poster.
0: It would be cooler if they were different panels from, like, different scenes in the movie.
1: I don't disagree. But at the same time, I think part of the the appeal that I have with this is uh, it's so bad that it's cool. I think sure. It's, I think it's got the, like, so ugly, it works vibe.
2: Huh.
1: So. Um, well, I've been said, trying to
0: coast on that vibe my whole life, so.
1: There's nothing good that could come out of me responding to that. I I know.
0: Yeah. I like, to, I I like to trap people.
1: Entrapment. Yeah. The, I think I'm handsome. I think that's a legal oh, term. Okay. Um. Anyways. Yeah. No, I think it's got the, so bad it works, but also it doesn't work. And so I, I picked it up last week knowing that it didn't work. And I opened it up and I looked at it and like, Oh, there's a circuit board in here. What do I do? I've never seen a circuit board in a lamp. And um, so I did a little bit of Google Foo and um, slash sent pictures to people. And I was like, anyone know what this is? Someone's like, it's a touch lamp. I'm like, oh. oh. So I've got the base on my bench behind me. Um, the uh, So the circuit board had blown in the touch lamp for the to activate the on off. I'm like, okay, well – I could probably figure out what part to replace and then a little bit more Googling. I realized I could order the entire circuit board because it's a standardized touch lamp circuit board for like 11 bucks to my door. And so like, yep. screw it.
2: You so I ordered it,
1: um, swapped it out. It took like three minutes of the, it took longer for the solder gun to, to warm up than it did to actually swap it out. Um, thought we were all good to go, put in some new light bulbs, plugged it in and it just went. Like immediately, like I, I heard like the, like something like shatter inside of the um, base of the lamp where the circuit board is. I'm like, oh God, oh no. So I opened huh. it up and just like, as I was opening up the bottom, like you see all the white smoke and stuff and the circuit board I had just bought completely fried. Um, Wow. Yeah.
0: I hope you had a fire extinguisher nearby.
1: I do actually. Yeah. We've got, um, because the kitchen's right here. Um, We keep one in the kitchen. We did keep it like right next to the stove for a while. And then I realized if there's a fire in the stove, the last thing I want to do is just like reach around the knife block to get to the fire extinguisher. So we then moved it to the other side of the counter by the fridge. You could step back a few feet, grab the fire extinguisher and uh, put out the fire that we had the other day in the kitchen as well.
0: Yeah. Once we had a fire in the oven and Rick didn't handle it great. (laughs) And I was like, he's like, just um, he didn't even remember where the fire extinguisher was. And I was like, oh my god, got the fire extinguisher, but was like, I'm just going to turn off the oven, just let that fire die, and that worked.
1: Yeah, we um, did
0: not like any part of that.
1: We almost burned down our house the other day. Actually, speaking of oven fires, oven fire? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> did you open the oven? Was that was that what the problem was?
1: No. Um so we went to Costco. Yeah. On what well, last sun so after the podcast we recorded last week. And okay. we I just I had just smoked like fourteen all the fourteen pounds of pulled pork. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we got leftovers, what do we what do we do with it? So we went and got the uh take and bake mac and cheese. It's like ten right. bucks for the giant tray of mac and cheese. I mean
0: Yeah.
1: Um so we get get home and um Frankly, I just really had to poop. So I'm like, hey, honey, could you get the – turn the oven on at 400 degrees? I'll be back in a couple minutes. So I come back in a couple of minutes, um, completely out of the kitchen, no awareness, whatever. I came back out. It just smelled acrid in the house. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. What's this?
0: What was in the oven when she turned it on?
1: (laughs) And I went so – well, I walked to the kitchen and it's – they're just like white smoke billowing out. And you, you've you been in my house. So I was standing in yeah. the dining room looking through the – It's like a galley the, kitchen. Yeah, it's a galley kitchen that goes all the way through. and I, You can normally see the guitars on the wall here. I couldn't see – it was just so much smoke. I couldn't see the guitars. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. No. What was in
0: the oven when she turned it on? <laughs>
1: uh, I had left a couple things in the oven from resting the, the pork because I don't – have like a dedicated cooler for resting pork, and so I figure the next best thing is the oven is hyper insulated anyway, so it's a great place to rest meat. Um, and a, on a recommendation of a friend, that uh, so you rest meat in a cooler wrapped up in a towel. And when I went to go pull out the the meat the night the before, towel.
0: did you leave the towel in the oven? I left Andrew? two
1: one hundred percent cotton towels in the oven on a baking sheet.
0: There's some mutual fault there. Yeah. (laughs) I would lean the fault on you because you shouldn't leave that in the oven. No. And a little bit of fault on Melissa for not looking. But then again, why would you expect there to be
1: towels towels in the oven? (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I don't know. Sometimes you leave the cast iron in there and that probably wouldn't have been hurt at 400 degrees. So I didn't figure to get up when I started smelling something. Just totally valid. Her sense of smell is not terribly strong to be in with. Which is how she yeah. puts up with me, really. That once a week oh. shower thing.
0: Oh, yeah. You only shower <laughs> once a week?
1: <laughs> I, I don't really, but we'll just continue to joke about it because it's funnier. That's um, funnier.
0: It's funnier. nasty. Yeah. So, That's nasty, man.
1: So, things that we learned while we were airing out the house, because we went and just stood outside for an hour because it smelled bad. Yeah. Um, we opened up every window of the house, turned off the oven. Um, I grabbed uh, a couple of. I took the the baking sheet with the towels on it and took it out to the side porch where the grill is and just put it on the grill grate. Right. Just to be a safe place in case that decided to combust. Because it wasn't on Yeah, fu- but
0: make sure that before you light the grill next time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he So it wasn't was on fire. It was just smoldering. Just like a lot of smoke, but no fire. And so yeah. I started Googling stuff. Because one, I'm like, okay, like cotton. If you burned cotton, it sh- it's 100% natural. It should be fine. And then I realized that that doesn't mean it's going to be okay to breathe.
0: Yeah. Can't burn everything. Well, you should like it. Most smoke is bad. To, all smoke is bad to breathe. Let's be real.
1: Sure. And um, then there's probably. That's dye. a bold thing to say in Seattle, but. uh,
0: <laughs> Oh, because of weed.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so turns out the smolder point for cotton is 401 degrees. The flash point for cotton is 410 so if we'd preheated to oh. 450, it would have ignited. And when after the smoke died down, like I went to go grab the towels and see like wh- what the deal was. And I unfolded them and sure enough, just pile of embers in the middle of the folded towel. Huh. I had to stamp it out on the concrete in front of the house. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm
0: pretty sure with oven fires, you just turn off the oven so the air stops moving.
1: Yeah, but there was also, like, a lot of smoke, and I wanted all of that smoke out of my house immediately.
0: Right, but then when you open it, if it's on fire, then it's getting, like, a fresh shock of oxygen. Listeners, tell us who's right. Tell us who had the smarter theory.
1: I mean, I don't know. I think the entire time I was just pretending that this isn't the brand new oven my landlord put in, like, two months ago. Huh.
0: If your landlord listens to this podcast, they're going to be mad.
1: Well, they could be mad, but they could also hear that I was responsible. I took care of it. I've since deep cleaned the oven, run it through multiple steam cleans to clean out the entire great system and everything. We're all good to go now. And it didn't yeah. leave, do any serious damage. Okay. Take that back. It did no damage to the oven Ooh. itself because there wasn't even a fire. It was just smoke. All right. No, yeah. 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 Which I've right. probably put more smoke with burned cookies before.
0: Is it my turn to talk about what's new with me?
1: I suppose. <laughs> talking about how story. I'm breaking electronics and burning down the house and yeah. just a full destructive week here.
0: Well, I have this that I'm going to try to film today The Soul Invictus by Hilbish Designs. And this pedal is bigger than my head.
1: <laughs> that is not an exaggeration. Usually, when someone's like, like, oh, it's, it's bigger not. than my head, they're like, it might be bigger than a baby's head, but.
0: I mean, I've still eaten burritos bigger than this.
1: I mean, I have, but I'm not necessarily proud of it.
0: It's got nice soft switches. It's a dual channel preamp and overdrive that kind of gets that nice old sun doom sound. I really like uh, having. One channel lately, I've when I I was playing it some uh this week, um, I like having one channel at kind of like the edge of breakup and then having one channel be like, Do me, it's pretty fun, yeah. So, uh, that's my new, my big new gear thing. You have to promise to open it
1: up later because I want to know how big the PCB is. Okay, I have to know,
0: um. (laughs) <laughs> I got a new pick guard for my tuna tone, so it's you looking didn't. nice and like it was my fault. It was my fault that it had broken before. Um but like I just I put a crack and I was trying to take off one of the knobs, wasn't applying mm. pressure very well, and snap. Um but yeah, that was nice. Put fresh strings on the old tuna, um, some of those coated strings that Ernie Bald sent us. Mm, yeah. So uh breaking those in. How do they and... feel so far?
1: First first impressions.
0: Uh, let me I I don't usually play coated strings. So whoopsies. F... It feels smooth. Yeah.
1: Coded strings usually do. Yeah. I think the big thing for code strings is a lot of people just assume that they're going to feel like really different and wacky. Does it feel relatively normal or does it feel like this is clearly a different set of strings?
0: Oh, it just feels nice. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I might try some of uh, some hybrid picking stuff today. I don't know. That's fancy. Um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about like this, what I was going to do today. I'm definitely going to play with the Soul Invictus. see if I can get a, a demo filmed on that. But, um, yesterday I went live on our Instagram, I mean, on our, our YouTube and I, uh, I sanded and stained One that RD One of the RD social bill. media platforms. I, I, uh, sanded and stained the, um, RD body. from oh, our nice. The concierge. Yeah.
1: I didn't even see that you did that. I was out of the house most of the day yesterday.
0: Uh, yeah. So that was fun. That was uh, nice to to, to finally do that. But
1: just um, self. Go back and watch that video later.
0: Oh, you don't have to do that. You never do. So he's literally writing on a post-it note, but I don't know if he's actually writing what he's actually writing. But hey, I, I wrote. I can't read that. Watch RD video exclamation
1: point. I'm going to put it right here next to my social security number and all of my personal making information. It's also on post-it notes yep. under my monitor.
0: Yeah, um, so after after this video, after we film this, I'm going to go look and see if I like need to go back and touch any spots up. or Because I use leather dye instead of a wood stain, which I've had better luck with in general.
1: I thought the um, leather already died.
0: Remember the other week when I accidentally uploaded the eight minute version of this podcast and it cut out pretty much right after I said, why did I agree to do this podcast with you? Yep. (laughs) That was funny. And then the listeners Um, who
1: had the, who listened to it said, wait a minute, where's the rest of the episode? And went back and listened again, (laughs) had to listen to my seagull story twice.
0: Oh God, that was haunting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So I need to go look at the body, make sure I like how it looks. Um, and then if I like how it look, I'm gonna spray it with some shellac today a couple times over the course of the day, and let that cure for a week. And then hopefully uh, this next weekend, this coming weekend, I'll be able to um start the grain filler. So, oh, that so you're will doing be
1: are are you doing like um dog hair? Nice.
0: Yeah, I need to make sure I have the grain filler still, um, or that it's still like. You know, hasn't dried out or anything because it's old. But I'm going to put some India ink in there. I'm going to try to do a um a black fill instead of a white fill.
1: Okay. Yeah, I yeah. am. Yeah. I can yeah, see it I think it now. I'll give
0: it more of a cherry look.
1: Dog hair. You're going to wa- like the way it looks. What are oh, you doing? Men's man? Warehouse commercials. I know
0: it's Men's Warehouse. <laughs> I was a child in the 90s.
1: I was I a child in the 2000s.
0: I know they had those ads on
2: forever. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, no, it's, shh, dude. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the big thing. I got my my boxing bag in finally, so I'm going to try to hit the bag today. It's been literally a year. Actually, um, today is the one-year anniversary of my band's last uh, little mini tour. We flew to Texas on this day, and then on Leap Day, so I'm just going to count it as today, Uh, We played um, in Austin at Hotel Vegas, and uh, there was no soap in the bathrooms, and people kept coming up and wanting to, like, shake hands. I'd be like, "Mm mm-mm. I know your hands are dirty. My hands are dirty, so your hands are dirty.
1: Well, then does it really matter if everyone's hands are already dirty?
0: Yes. 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 And at that show, after the show, a guy came up to me, and he's like, oh, man, that last band was really good. I was like, yeah, yeah, I liked them he's like, all the bands were great tonight. And like my band had played, uh, I think, third Mm -hmm. out of four. So I was like, oh, cool. Which band did you like the most? Mm -hmm. And he looks at me and he's like, I didn't see any of the bands. I just got here. I'm new to town. And I'm like, no, no, this ain't happening.
2: Yeah, that's weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he was just trying to pick me up, I think. And then he's, he ended up insulting me, kind of. <laughs> I felt very insulted. Like, it reminded me of college once I was sitting in the lobby of a, my dorm reading um a book that I was really, really into. Like, I was enjoying it actively. And a guy comes up, he sits next to me. He's like, oh, what's that? What book is that? I'm like, oh, it's Love is a Mixtape by Rob Sheffield. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I love that book. And I, and I just I was like, oh my God, it's so devastating, right? It's such a good book. And then he looks at me and he's like, I've never read that book. I'm like, what? Get out of my sight. <laughs> are men okay? That was my, that's my question.
1: I mean, probably. I don't are y'all, know.
0: Are y'all all right? That was, cause that's how, it's just like the number of times that some I've been hit on, I, I don't get hit on a lot in my life in general that I know of, but like the number of times I've been hit on by someone who was pretending to enjoy the art I was enjoying, only for them to immediately be like, I've never read that book or yeah. I didn't actually see any of the bands. Like, what? where did you think this conversation was going to go, my dude?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that could be chalked up to a couple of things. Like like to be – like the most generous thing I could chalk that up to is like dude's like, all right, like she's cute. I want to go like try Pickup Line and you just walk over there and you just like completely like, uh, yeah, I love that too. And just completely like don't really think it through panic and just like, you know, I'm so sorry. I I shouldn't have said that. I should leave now.
0: Um, Yeah. Oh, no. I had to tell him to leave (laughs) both times.
1: That's like – the most generous way to put that, but then the, there's the, of course, it's the, uh, someone's just being a douchebag and just like, I'm a cocky douchebag. I could say whatever I want. Women just love me.
0: No, no, I don't think either of these guys were cocky. I think they were just dumb. <laughs> like maybe a gesture technique, my guy.
1: I don't like it. If I said a gesture technique. I was like, I mean, I guess it was kind of funny, but gotta work on the uh, the humor.
0: Um, you want to thank our sponsor? <laughs> yes, I wait for you to take a bite of your edamame. Rude. Yes. Very well. You shouldn't be eating on camera. That's nasty.
1: Yeah, It is. I'll stop.
0: Okay, he's, put, he's desperately looking for a place to put his takeout box.
1: Yeah, if you can't already tell by like the fringes of my desk, like I have a big desk and I have nowhere to put anything. Yeah. Because. Um,
0: oh my God, just thank our sponsor. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Our sponsor this week's This week's episode week. of the Get Offset Podcast <laughs> is sponsored by Lambertones, Pickup spaced out of Yakima, Washington, wound by Curtis Lambert.
1: fun
0: Curtis Lamberton and team tell me Um, that you're, you're
1: joking right
0: yes and uh as Andrew drinks his fancy pants too much effort for French press I think coffee uh Curtis is a big coffee fanatic and likes to name his pickups after coffee and elements of coffee for example, the triple shot is his take on the Stratocaster three single coils, and the crema is his take on the PAF style humbuckers with extremely low compression, so that your tone is truly its own.
1: It's the low output ones, yeah, and then the grinders, the high output ones. Yes, the is the, the P90s. Yes, the see the Blondies of the Telecaster pickups. Sure. Yep.
0: Yes. Big thanks to Curtis for
1: being a bro. Tis a bro. And uh, side note, honestly, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most uh, after getting vaccinated is I need to drive out there and I need to have him make me a, a cup of coffee because he's got like he's got like a full like espresso machine in a, in his shop. He's like posted some really sick photos and video um, of his espresso machine. It just looks. And he claims, I think I saw him claim on one of the coffee forums that we're both in. Because yes, I'm also in coffee forums with him. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a thing. It's real. Um, he's like, he's like, this is the best coffee in like 100 miles in any direction or something like that. I'm like, okay, you have my attention. So I'm excited.
0: I'm glad he has your attention. You have lost mine.
1: <laughs> Aww.
0: <laughs> Wait, I got it. Hold on. Stop. My God!
1: (laughs) You never use that for any of my jokes. Well, topics.
0: I'm I'm driving the car. I get to pick the music.
2: That's not (laughs) fair. Wow. Yes, it is.
0: Uh, (laughs) So, Andrew, you came up with the topic idea for this week, eh? Uh,
1: I did. I did indeed. Uh topic this week is uh sharing is caring.
0: Yeah, we want to talk about sharing.
1: Yes. Um would you like some edamame by the way in in the name <sighs> of sharing?
0: No. My and, EpiPens upstairs.
1: Mm. Be be a a tough crawl upstairs to get to it in time. Um
0: I know you just want this podcast for yourself.
1: Yes, that's that's what I – deep down in my soul, that's what I really want is to – anyways, um, an example of when sharing is not caring. Anyways, I thought we could talk about sharing, talk about sharing in the industry, talk about the different yeah. aspects of it. Um,
0: I mean there's a lot of ways to share. You can share physical things. I love sharing my guitar pedals with my friends, especially if they've never played pedals before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I even get them back after I share them. Sometimes oh. I don't. Snap. I think Jamie Stillway still has my um big muff liquor.
1: No, that's one of my least favorite of the modern muffs.
0: Well, yeah, that's why I'm not really in a rush to get it back.
1: <laughs> it, it's it's the shame is that one's got like a great color colorway too. I
0: like I liked it fine. It's just I'm you know not a big muff person.
1: Um. Yeah. Anyways. So the thought crossed my mind um, for the topic, just thinking through a couple of things. One, realizing that, and you kind of touched on this earlier, we're approaching the point in like the pandemic where our like one year memories are going to also be of the pandemic. It's like those social media Mm -hmm. memories, which have been like a mainstay for like keeping me grounded this last year and be like, oh yeah, like last year I was at a concert this time. Where last year I was, like, on vacation with friends going up to Bellingham to, like, fancy coffee shops and stuff like that. And, um yeah, those are all going to slowly start transitioning into, like, a one year of uh, working from home this week and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I was going through, like, my work notes.
0: One year of, like, this time last year I was. <laughs> I, uh, this time last year I was thinking about how that time the year before I was doing things
1: right um oh yeah now I was going through so I, I usually take uh um notes on every meeting that I sit in um out of habit because other yeah just a, it habit. Has a good habit it's a habit I try to keep up with and so I was going through all my notes um just kind of checking in on some things and looking back for for something that had happened more like a year ago and I was going I found like my notes from um End of February, early March for my team's weekly meetings and just talking about like things that were like, and just reading through it feels like a really weird time capsule of like ramping up to the pandemic and realizing there's no amount of hand sanitizer. That's going to keep us safe. We really should go home. Yeah. It was like, and then like the notes stopped because then we didn't have meetings for like a month. Anyways, so it's like, it's a really horrifying time capsule, my professional life. Um, all that said, sharing is something that, I think was a lot easier to do before the pandemic. Like we were talking about sharing food. Um, it's like, I shared a whole bunch of the pulled pork that I made last week and it's like great to share with people. Also. Like I was like, here, I'm going to put this, wear gloves, put it in a bag, um, seal it and then drop it off in someone's doorstep and say, here you go. Let yeah. me know, text me what you think instead of like, let's sit down, let's break bread. Let's, um, and I think there's just, that's like on a deep spiritual, like what it means to be human level. um, just to share that I think we've missed out on. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's a very natural human thing to share with people that you care about. I mean, sharing meals is just culturally significant in every culture. Um, and a, and a big deal. <clears throat> and in the, I mean, and this is, we've talked about this before, how um, music is an industry that really uh, relies heavily on the free flow of, of ideas um, so you're almost like with, without even trying to do it, you are sharing whenever you really sing into the world, you're sharing it with the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's kind of a big thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, from, from sharing a bunch of my guitar pedals with, with my singer, when she was getting into, into pedals, cause she had gotten a, a huge guitar pedal board and a trade, um, to trading ideas and s- schematics not schematics <laughs>
2: um,
0: it's really we we've talked about this before. I think um the episode we did with Matt Hoops early on in the podcast um was a really big example of um, just how much uh collaboration is involved in this industry, and what's collaboration, but sharing of ideas back and forth in real time
1: totally collaboration is is definitely sharing. Um, and I think that's definitely been neat to see some of in the last year um, in some of the ways that people have gotten creative with sharing, but there's, there's no denying that there's more boundary to that. Um, and so like, I, I'm just imagining like the collaboration between ZVEX and um, Chase Bliss or yeah. Earthquaker Devices and De- um, Death by Audio, like what I'm just imagining like the hurdles of like this is what it would would have taken to collaborate through that whole project just virtually. Um, that just sounds
0: – Well, I mean I don't – I think it's kind of not out of the realm of possibility sure. to assume that the Death by Audion Earthquaker one always would have been a remote share because that was really just two two circuits in, in one pedal for the most part.
1: That's fair. I don't know.
0: wow we have a lot to say on this topic don't
1: we i mean i think the the more or less what i have to say is like i miss it i miss being able to uh to get together and share musical ideas in person jam out with friends um there's just so much that's not there or at least not without like a lot of hurdles like right now if i were to like share with friends like i'd be like gonna drive, drop it off at your doorstep, in walk away, or ship it to you. I mean, that's physical sharing. I've definitely like shipped, shipped stuff this year, like in the local Seattle area, because it was just easier than driving it.
0: Yeah, but like you're talking very literally about like physically sharing what you have with other people. But I think that in terms of sharing ideas and collaboration, like I've I've done almost more collaboration than I've ever done, and I think part of that is because. Like When I recorded uh, during the pandemic for that Sonora May song, Waiting to Bloom, um, I had the benefit of being kind of early in line in the mixing engineer's
2: mm-hmm.
0: mind as a friend and not being constrained by, oh, we we should probably find someone local so we don't have to fly them in or we wouldn't – because otherwise, in any other situation, you would go with somebody who's easier to collaborate with, and unless you had like a very specific direction to give, a remote collaboration, as far as like laying down guitar work for a song, is is a little bit more difficult. But since I was in that situation where um, the producer thought of me, uh, I was given that opportunity and i got to do it from home because i was on the same playing field as local musicians in that regard i not i would not have gotten that opportunity otherwise and when it was time for sonora to record her entire record which she did in person uh things had opened up quite a bit and she was able to hire um local musicians though i think she probably just hired jessicle mayfield's people sure uh
1: yeah, that's definitely um, one way. To, that's definitely an interesting wrinkle in just the processing on the subject.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can tell you're processing in real time. Um, <laughs> totally, <laughs> I, but like, I I don't think that. I think it's it's. I don't want to say double edged sword or any other kind of idiom about it, but you know there are pros and cons. Like there have been some really good opportunities that have arisen in this, in this pandemic, like I'm supposedly going to be uh feature as an interview in the pedal movie, which is probably going to be released uh, later this month, early next month at this point. Um, again, I, I would not have said had that April opportunity. April was the last
1: update that they're shooting for
0: early April or late March. Um, according to their Instagram last time I saw it, but uh, I don't think I would have been able to be a part of that. If the pandemic hadn't happened. I mean, they, um, Dan and Michael said that themselves that you know things changed and it, it presented challenges and opportunities and ultimately like that that element that element of the pandemic is kind of what you what you what you make it uh, make of it and you know there are, there are definitely hard parts. Um, I I had desperately in the middle of the pandemic realized I needed to get better at internet. Like sure, it was a struggle bus.
1: Yeah. I remember um, you sending me the, the speed test results and going. Yes.
0: I'm getting one. I'm getting 0.14 up. Is that fast enough to do a live stream?
1: <laughs> no. no lady. It
0: ain't. But, um, I mean, I feel like I, I feel partly guilty to say that I think that, um, I don't think the pandemic hurt parts of my career. It definitely hurt. It definitely hurt parts. Like I feel like Sunday crush was getting a ton of momentum playing live shows and collaborating in person to write new material and release a record. And obviously the pandemic just thwarted that we ended up releasing our record much later than we expected to. We couldn't tour on it. Um, You know, publications are laying off journalists on mass which may, means there are fewer people even available to potentially write about sunday crush and they're probably more interested in writing about things that will all you know get clicks and keep them employed so it's a little bit harder to release an, a record right now so that part of that part of it is sucked but sure. um but having opportunities like the Snorme, the pedal movie, um, other recording things I've done. Um, the opportunity it gave us to start doing like this video version of this podcast and mm-hmm. um, f- for me to film more demos and build new relationships because people aren't a- weren't able to go into stores in person and play things like I know I'm kind of getting farther away from sharing, but that's just I don't know how much we how much we can really say about <laughs> about sharing.
1: yeah, I mean. There's only so much to say about sharing itself. Um, and I know it's like there's not a whole lot of depth to the topic, but I think if I wanted to unpack it a little bit more, I guess the, the question I have is we've got at least a few more months to ride the rest of this out before things start really opening back up and um, we start seeing some drastic changes to the way we've been living life. I think well, the government – and everyone – and Bill Gates and everyone's all – they're all saying what like expect like by late spring, midsummer for things to like really start changing dramatically for the better. Yeah. Um, um, which is – Depends it,
0: on how quickly people get vaccinated.
1: Right. Well, we're already at, like 50 million people vaccinated, which is like 20% of the U.S. population, which is not insignificant. There are
0: 300 million people in the United States. Is that
1: – 350 correct. million? There's, think, over
0: 300, there's over three hundred there's okay. over three hundred there's over three hundred million people,
1: yeah, yeah, so sorry twenty percent is not is a higher number than i I was going off of
0: don't do the math in your head if you can't do the math in your head
1: <laughs> so we you are more than, per- more than ten more than ten percent um. Sorry I was, I was thinking 250 million in my head for some reason I know that's not right. Anyways, um
0: it's 14%.
1: Well, there we go. Yeah. That's not insignificant and I think things are with things starting to ramp up. I I'm really hopeful, but in the meantime what I'm looking at is like this is the final home stretch. How do we make the most of it between here now and here and instead of just like barely getting by, which is I feel like Sections of the last year, I've definitely felt like I'm just like I woke up today, and that's my win. And
2: yeah, uh,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I would like
0: I, got, I put on pants. That's a win, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Right. You know,
0: I didn't. I didn't cry. I didn't. I didn't cry in the shower today. That's a win.
1: <laughs> Although that that is always cathartic, but. I don't know. I'm trying to think in terms of like, this is the final stretch. How do we do this the best way possible? How do we make the most of this without like, without setting ourselves like unrealistic expectations? Like I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be.
0: I never thought I would say this, but it kind of reminds me of something I randomly saw in gear, talk, praise and worship today.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) oh no
0: I I know I never thought I would say that but a a guy was talking about how he thought that when he was able to play at church again he'd be like euphoric and he was like setting up or warming up before a service and he just felt dreadful and I think I think that's that's there's going to be a very weird a weird transition because a year is a long time for like new habits to take hold like I know for a fact I'm not the only person who watches like older TV shows and sees large gatherings and is like, uh, like where's everyone's masks. And that's like kind of a knee jerk reaction now is to kind of be like, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem safe. Um, and I said this kind of since toward the beginning, like it's one thing to say, when is like live music going to come back? When are people going to feel comfortable being in crowded, poorly ventilated spaces, listening to bands that could, that could honestly be a minute. And, um, I think that there's going to be like two types of people, people who will just be busting down the door to see any show, go to any festival, just be out, like run amok. And then there's going to be people who are going to have a much harder time, even if like in their brain, they know, like, I should be gunning for this. I should be like super excited. But there's something in the back of my brain that's like, this doesn't feel safe because it hasn't been safe for, for over a year.
1: Sure. I mean, we have all collectively experienced um, a life altering trauma for the last year. Yeah. So everyone responds to trauma differently. And I think everyone's going to have a slightly different response. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But it's like some people are more comfortable like being around others right now at outdoor patios kind of things. And some people want to wear a mask. Outside, like, on their, like, on, like, I wear a mask on my walk to the, um, mailbox.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I, it's funny to start t- talking about sharing an hour. It just, I think it was pretty inevitable that it would come back to it being about the anniversary of COVID. Sure. And about the anniversary of, like, my last live shows in front of people. Um,
2: well, so yeah, I, I mean, like it's... on the day
0: that on the day, on the day this drops will be the anniversary of the last Sunday Crush show in front of people, which was in Dallas. It was a private show and it was really fun. And we yeah. took all we took a bunch of posters home from that show. And, and then I never got like my couple posters uh, because I just then I just wasn't able to see my band for like four months after that.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be really easy for me to, like, feel a whole ton of despair about it hitting one year and I'm trying not to let myself go there um, with the, yeah. like, oh, like we're really hits deep. I think I, I want to be able to think about this in, like, positive terms of, like, home stretch, we're almost there. Hang tight, continue to be safe. But what are things we can do to try and amplify the rest of our experience? Or is the best thing we can do is just maintain. So I think the idea of sharing kind of came to mind. Um, I think being able to share food the last, in the last month, like making like larger batches of food with the intent to share has been really, I think that's been, even if I haven't had a chance to like sit down and eat with someone, it's been like on a personal, like really healthy, gratifying level. Um, Really important for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's natural, I mean, I've, I had, um, I went to, uh, this bottle shop near my house the other day with, with my band yesterday with my band. And, uh, and that was really nice to just be able to see them again, but you know, to share moments, but I don't know. I feel, I feel like my brain is just more going toward like, yes, it's the one year anniversary of things locking down. It's, Today or tomorrow is probably the 1 year anniversary of Seattle announcing that we knew for a fact that it was spreading within the community.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs>
0: um appropriate. <laughs> I swallowed spit weird, but that was bad timing for a cough.
1: <clears throat> no, I think that was um, excellent timing.
0: <laughs> right. Um so I think that there's just going there is going to be I think a lot of collective grief um that we will all share. <laughs> Cause really we when, when when COVID started um and it became real and it was obvious that like life was not going to continue as normal, South by Southwest got canceled. Um, I think that we started grieving and I think we all kinda took different speeds on the grieving and and now that we're coming up on an anniversary of of that grief, it's it's gonna come back. And I think that just being aware of like why this is happening, like I feel like January was really hard for me. Because I was looking back, like, man, I haven't like been to my gym in a year. I haven't like I've had one haircut in the past year, and all these kinds of things. And I th- like it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard couple weeks for a lot of people, just because you're gonna be coming to, pro- to you know, like you said, you're gonna start seeing those Facebook memories are going to be you in lockdown. Right, you know, um, pictures uh, that you took at the grocery store of there being no bottled water or toilet paper.
1: Yeah, I've got those pictures uh, on my phone. I don't think I posted them. People are on the still
0: uh, working, working through some of those toilet paper holes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you I'm- know, and it's it's a lot of bad memories. It's like I'm going to remember driving around Dallas with my band trying to find hand sanitizer and us realizing that if people were panicking in Dallas, like we expected it to be panicked in Seattle, but people are panicking in Dallas. That's I think kind of when it hit us that this is real and everywhere.
1: I remember going to Trader Joe's um, and like filling up a cart um, about this time last year and going to check out. And I don't think like everyone was wearing masks quite yet at that point. Um, Nobody
0: was wearing masks. We were told not to. We were told it wasn't helpful.
1: No. I remember checking out and like, I had like 20 cans of black beans is like one of the outstanding ones. And the guy's like, what are you planning on doing with all of these? I'm like eating them. He's like, with what? And I'm like, whatever I happen to have left, it depends on how open the stores are in two weeks. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, I
0: told Rick to go to the, I told Rick to go to Costco and just like, I'm like, get an enormous bag of rice and some other things like Yeah.
1: I was going for non-perishables. Um
0: Yeah.
1: And well, th- I right, just remember rice. the look on this poor kid's face as he's checking out and going through the this is this is happening, isn't it? As he's just checking and everybody in in line had just was clearing out the store with everything.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. So wow, downer.
1: Yeah, I it's super downer. I think I think you're right. I think we are going to share in that grief. Um yeah. But the, I say that with a chuckle, but I also say that with like a little bit of hope in that in the sense of we've been home for long enough to know that we aren't alone. And I think to a degree I've internalized I think for the first couple months it felt like super isolating post-apocalyptic like I'm the last man alive on earth kind of a feeling. Um Obviously not quite that much, but to a degree, it it certainly felt like that. And I think – I think it's been long enough for me to feel like, okay, well, I know – like I've internalized that I'm not alone, that we are all sharing in this experience and we all – we are all trying to support each other in this experience moving forward and kind of just share that. And I think there's something really nice and comforting about that thought and I, I kind of want to lean into Kind of want to encourage all the listeners, all the viewers to lean into that. Know that they're they're not alone. Um,
0: The first step to getting past grief is to, you know, acknowledge it. Sure. And that's what I always learned about. That's what my therapist told me about like panic attacks, especially is to just like firstly acknowledge it, but also acknowledge it the way you would a toddler having a tantrum in the corner and like, yep, this is hard. This sucks, but it, Will pass, and uh, we just have to have faith and understanding that it'll. I think for the first time in a long time, like just seeing that we've vaccinated two and a half almost two and a half million Americans the other day, I'm feeling optimistic. Yep, like, yeah, I'm feeling a little, at least a little bit optimistic i feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel finally and this may be something that we can have you know live music again and all like our normal lives and go to the gym and go to restaurants without feeling worried and be around people and family and not worried that you're going to kill them or they're going to kill you by you know Mm -hmm. Sure that kind of thing
1: so one of the things that's been sitting on the side of my desk this entire last year has been the stack of stickers that I brought to Nam and forgot to give away and I've been slowly giving away as I've like seen people locally um, in limited capacities and I've definitely sent them in the mail to other folks as well um, but it's kind of just been like a weird haunting. Like when I got home from it, I'm like, oh, well, I'll give them away in the next couple of weeks. It'd be pretty easy. Uh, or the next couple of months and being forced into isolation, staring at this for the last year has been like a really weird, like constant lurking reminder of like, I haven't seen people. Um, yeah. so, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a really dumb idea for me, logistically speaking, but if you want one, just message us and, uh, I don't know couple stickers in an envelope. That's a stamp. I could probably manage that.
0: Oh my God. Are you going to handle all those inquiries, Andrew? Cause I am not.
1: Um,
0: message Andrew. Mes- Bother him.
1: Message me on, uh, message me on Instagram. Be polite. Um,
0: the beardy Andrew one or beardy, the Fox Cairo one?
1: Beardy Andrew. Yeah. Let's not, please don't clog up the Fox Cairo DMs, um, but Send me a message request on my uh, profile and on Instagram, my personal profile, and I'll try and send That's up. linked
0: in our, uh, that's linked in the official get offset uh, summary bio, whatever yes. on Instagram.
1: Shoot me a link. I think it, I think this would be a neat little thing to do to connect a little bit to share and uh, I don't know, take it as a little memento of uh, we're almost there and you're not alone. How's that yeah. sound?
0: That sounds like a nice place to end it. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Andrew. I
1: know we talked about so much gear this week.
0: We did talk about gear though. Well I did. <laughs> you know, it sometimes sometimes you just need to take a break from it, but um Yeah. I think this is a kind of a shared experience beyond being like a musical instrument. Totally podcast. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I f- forgot to talk about uh, patreon.com slash getoffset. Please support us. Uh, everyone in the $5 level and above gets access to our special Discord server. And Discord patrons are watching this um live as we broadcast. As we're recording, they get to kind of watch it live. Um, so be a little bit early. Sometimes be a part of it. Like Philip Carter said... 100% should leave the oven closed in the case of an oven fire, Andrew. Mm,
1: there we go.
2: Ha-ha.
0: <laughs> and uh, getoffsetpodcast.com. Uh, we have merch, affiliate links, etc. If you're going to buy stuff on Reverb.com or Sweetwater, please consider using the affiliate links in the show notes slash video description. It helps us out tremendously. Uh, this podcast is free for you, um, but we do have – hosting fees and software fees and things like that, that uh, your support helps us uh, cover. So thank you to everyone who supports us in any way, even if that's just leaving a nice review on iTunes podcast or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell it's called these days.
1: And final reminder that I feel compelled to share, um, tip your food service workers double. Cool. Cool.
0: Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, thanks for watching.
1: Thanks for uh, listening.
0: Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily.
1: And my name is Andrew.
0: Goodbye.
2: Bye.